Sirius XM presents Stanford Pathfinders. Stanford has 225,000 alumni living all over the globe in 151 countries. And they're some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. A show about how the graduates of Stanford University are changing our lives and the world. We'll hear very interesting things from business leaders in the technology sector, but well beyond that. The worlds of politics, entertainment, business, and beyond. Inspiring stories from America's innovation heartland. It's a place where people look to the future, not to the past, where they don't rest on their laurels. Think about the gold rush. Think about Stanford being formed in the late 1800s. And then Stanford was the beginning of Silicon Valley. And the ethos of Silicon Valley is deeply embedded in the Stanford spirit. It's a spirit of innovation, experimentation. It's a spirit of being willing to try new things and risk failure as long as you fail forward. Welcome to Stanford Pathfinders. Co-founder and CTO at Arc Technologies. We offer what is known as revenue-based financing. We look at what revenue the startup is bringing in, and our customers typically are B2B software businesses serving other companies. So we look at their revenue, we look at how their revenue changes over time, and we take a portion of that and offer that to them as financing. This week on Stanford Pathfinders, Raven Zhang. Now here's your host, Howard Wolf. Society tends to elevate startup founders especially those who succeed, but only a small percentage of founders actually succeed. And even those who do succeed often find the path to success deeply challenging with many barriers placed in their way. Today's guest on Stanford Pathfinders, two-time Stanford graduate Raven Jiang, is trying to make one of those barriers, startup funding, a non-issue. Arc Technologies, the startup he has founded with two classmates, from the 2021 class of the Stanford Graduate School of Business is trying to offer the best parts of Wall Street with the best parts of Sand Hill Road through a founder-friendly FinTech platform. And it seems to be working in classic Stanfordian disruptive fashion. And I'm excited to hear what he's up to. Raven, welcome to the show. Hey, Howard, good to be here. So listen, I'd like to start every one of the Stanford Pathfinder show in the same way, and that's to ask about your Stanford story. So uh, you grew up in Singapore. Why Stanford? Yeah, so I, I grew up reading American science fiction. I've always known that I wanted to work in tech, and you know, Silicon Valley is a great place for it. But um, the reason why I really chose Stanford was actually because in high school, I took part in an essay writing competition that was organized by the Singapore alumni for Stanford, and I didn't win, but I met people that I really liked and I really wanted to come. Okay, as you can imagine, that story resonates deeply with me because our alumni in Singapore had some impact on you choosing Stanford. But you chose Stanford not only once, you chose it twice because you went to business school there as well. Yeah, that's right. Couldn't have enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have gone for a PhD and spent seven years as opposed to two. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I guess there was a limit. There was, there was some upper limit. So speaking of the GSB, I know that the origin story of your company, ARC, was conceived there at the GSB. So tell us the origin story of ARC. Yeah, so I guess it was, you know, during the pandemic, we were all locked down. The three of us, we were all in the same year at the GSB. That's how we met. My co-founder, Don and Nick, came from finance, and I came from you know, tech, uh, I was at Facebook and various startups before the GSB. So we kind of got together, tried out a few different ideas. And then 
came upon this one. And, you know, this is something that kind of bridges the experiences that we had in the past and just thought it was a really exciting opportunity. You mentioned the pandemic. Did the pandemic help? I mean, was being sort of locked down together something that actually was a catalyst for you guys coming up with this idea? Yeah, I would say definitely for me helped. And I think the same is true for my co-founders. I think that they wouldn't have considered necessarily starting a company, but I think the pandemic definitely gave room for us to think. For me, I think the GSB experience, the first two quarters we were in person was def- was very overwhelming. It was a lot of, you know, a lot of fun distractions. And I think the the lockdown actually brought a lot of focus and time to really go deep on things. You know, I played around with a lot of different startup ideas over that time. And, and this is where I ultimately ended up. So I love this story, Raven, because I'm always looking for a silver lining in the pandemic. And you just gave me one to focus on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. So what is ARC Technologies and what does it mean to be a founder friendly fintech platform other than the wonderful alliteration of founder-friendly fintech, what is ARC and what does that mean? Yeah, so ARC today is a B2B financing platform. What that means is that we offer what is known as revenue-based financing. We look at what revenue the startup is bringing in and our customers typically are B2B software businesses serving other companies. So we look at their revenue, we look at how their revenue changes over time and we take a portion of that and offer that to them as financing. And so it's effectively bring forward their future revenue at some cost, that's our revenue. And when we say founder-friendly, what we really mean is that ultimately we see the way that companies are financed and the way that they manage and spend their money to be a one integrated experience that is seamless. And so instead of you know thinking of them as separate events and having to deal with going through investor pitch decks and, and, and talking to many different uh, maintaining a lot of different conversations, we want a, a one-day turnaround with very fast underwriting, very fast decision-making for the founders. So as I was doing my due diligence for our conversation, a concept come to, came to mind, and that is factoring. So banks have factored re- receivables forever, right? Is this just sort of a fintech version of factoring? Yeah, I think in this space, it kind of started off that way. So some of our competitors started off with that approach. We take a more flexible approach in that what it means by factoring is that you as a company, you're selling your actual customer contracts to a third-party collector. Uh, that creates kind of some incentive misalignments occasionally. And for us, we, we don't do that. We don't directly buy customer contract. Instead, our relationship is with our customers, direct customers, and we have a, have a legal um, you know, arrangement with them to be able to collect on their future revenue. So it's, it's faster. It leads to a better experience for the companies receiving the funding. It also leads to a better experience for their customers who are not being collected on by a third party. So when I was, um, when I was reading some articles that were written about ARC, one suggested that ARC offers the best parts of Wall Street, meaning classic sort of equity and debt financing, and Sand Hill Road, which is, you know, you think of as venture capital. Is that the way you view it? The best of the Wall Street and Sand Hill Road together? Certainly, I think in the long term, that's the vision that we're trying to deliver on. The idea that a lot of things on in traditional finance are fairly metrics driven. And, you know, there's a lot of understand deep understanding of how businesses grow, how they should finance themselves. I think a lot of the startups that we see today, even though they are generating a lot of revenue, they are doing pretty well as businesses 
they don't see themselves as you know the way that traditional businesses see and so they don't make themselves aware of all the different financing options they might have and so i think we are trying to bring some layer of uh, sophistication to the way that startups might think about their financing beyond reaching for the next set of venture capital to kind of uh, you know continue to sell their equity so right now a lot of our customers are you know smaller than what would traditionally go to a bank to take out a loan but they are generating a lot of revenue they are growing as businesses and really a lot of these founders are repeat founders who understand that they no longer are in a world where they have to continue to sell ownership of their company just to fund the next set of expansion plans that they have for their products. So in classic startup world, you get venture capital from a venture capital firm. So that's your equity. And then in some cases you get venture debt, right? And then you use that combination of equity and debt to grow your company. And then if you need more equity, you go back and give up more of the ownership in return for that equity. In this case, do they raise no equity at all? Or is it less equity than what yeah. they raise? How does it work? Yeah, it's it's a spectrum. You know, some some companies come to us, they have repeat founders who, you know, had done well in previous startups. And so they have some initial bootstrap capital that's purely personal. And so they've managed to build a business that maybe is generating a few million dollars of annual revenue just from their own. They have all the equity, they have the full ownership. And then they are at a stage where they can start to think about how they can continue to finance that growth without having to take on outside capital. So we have customers like that. We also have customers who are in the more traditional venture-backed business kind of environments. They have raised a few rounds of venture capital. Now they're generating revenue and you know maybe they still plan to raise venture capital at some point in the future, but they can afford to extend their runway through non-dilutive financing such as ours. So when you think about disruption, who is going to be most nervous about you if you continue to grow and succeed? Will it be the venture firms or the private debt firms, the venture debt firms? I think it's first one, then perhaps the other. I mean, certainly venture debt is the most direct competitor in, in some sense. It's not really the case at, at, at where we are right now, just because venture debt traditionally has been a slow moving and costly transaction and so typically companies have to be kind of a certain size you, you have to you have to be you know probably raising tens tens of millions of dollars for it to be for it to make sense for you to do venture debt and so we are kind of the classic lean disruptor kind of a phase right now where we are working with smaller companies using a lower cost faster solution that ultimately i think delivers a much better experience than venture debt over the long run and so you know, I think venture debt has something to be said about the way that they underwrite companies, the way that they can better automate their processes. Venture capital, I think, on the other hand, has some reason to benefit from this because if they have great portfolio companies, maybe there's something to be said about allowing their portfolio companies to grow faster and achieve their milestones with less additional investors needing to come on board. But that creates a more complex picture. It depends on the type of VC fund you are. It depends on how you think about having more investors come join you. And, and you know, if you have Sequoia, maybe, maybe it's great that your company doesn't need to raise more money from some other VCs. But maybe if you're a smaller fund, then you can lower the opportunity for you to get in on some of these fundraising rounds. So you mentioned that one of the benefits of ARC Technologies is that when a company works with you guys, 
you fund quickly, whereas sometimes venture debt can take quite a while. How quickly do you fund? So our fastest turnaround, so we do, we come to a decision within one day, and then, you know, it takes however long the transaction takes to get through to the banks. Um, so, you know, we can get the money into the hands of founders within two, two to three business days. And, and compared to venture debt, venture debt can take weeks, months? Yeah, venture debt can take weeks or months. There's usually lawyers involved. There's back and forth negotiations. So the cost, the startup cost for that is significantly higher. And, and with venture debt, there are, you know, major restrictive covenants, guarantees, you know, all kinds of stuff. Do you have that as well? Uh, no, we don't. So there are some benefits, right? So it's quicker and less, you know, less strings attached. And then from the equity side, you know, no founder wants to dilute beyond which they have to. And so they don't have to dilute as much if they use your debt vehicle versus the equity. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I think if you look at traditional businesses, that's how a lot of them operate. Startups have been very slow to take this up because partly because just how easy it was to get venture capital funding, right? When you're a startup and you're pressed for time, you know, you have two founders, you don't have time to spend weeks in negotiation with a bank. It can seem very easy to sign a term sheet with a VC, but I think that's not what might be is ultimately the best financially for your company. Got it. So as I was looking through your website, your focus seems to be on SaaS, software as a service companies. Are those the, are those the, those the only companies that you will look at or will you look at other companies that have revenue streams as well? Yeah, right now we are very focused on SaaS because we are building out, you know, we are, we are, we are improving the process in which we can onboard them and underwrite them as quickly as possible by staying and narrowing our focus on SaaS. It kind of reduces the complexity of the problem. Now, over time, we think that, you know, this way of automatically assessing companies, looking through all their financial data, generating insights and discovering, discovering, you know, the kind of business and how much money they are bringing, that whole process can be broadened and be applicable to more types of companies. But I think right now, focusing on SaaS allows us to really get to that fast turnaround, get to that quick understanding of the company and be able to find, deliver a much better user experience. So I suspect a number of our listeners don't really know that term software as a service. So what would be examples of companies, not your clients, because your clients are small and probably not well known, but I guess Salesforce would be an obvious example. Yeah, sales, other examples. Yeah, Salesforce as a service a, companies. Salesforce is a classic example. You know, that's, that's Slack even Gmail, all of those things you could consider SaaS, basically anything where you're offering software mostly on a subscription basis, I think. And, and for us specifically, we look at B2B SaaS, which means you're typically selling to other companies rather than you know, individual customers subscribing to, let's say, uh, Netflix. So I work with a, or I deal with a lot of venture and venture debt people because there, we have a lot of Stanford alums that are in those businesses. They would suggest that they provide way more than just cash or capital, that they provide a network, they provide experience and savvy and tutelage and mentoring and this and that, that it's not just the money, it, it's the whole ecosystem. Wouldn't that be an argument against ARC Technologies? If all you are is, is something that's a founder-friendly fintech platform, where's all those other soft things that they get from venture and venture debt investors? Yeah, I, I think if you look at, you know, a lot of industries, you will find that a lot of things that people say were important soft things to have 
were really important only in the absence of great numerical understanding or technical understanding or you know product availability so you know like advertising for example you know advertising is the soft side of advertising continues to be important you know there are consultants there are important things that people need to communicate and work on but there are also many aspects of it like pricing like the way that uh, ad spaces are sold that just doesn't make sense to 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 be done in that way and you know the the soft skills were more important when transaction sizes were much larger and there were way fewer transactions and so i think what we see here is a similar space where i think venture debt is is slow it's large transaction large transaction sizes and so it makes sense that soft skills have been seen as a really important part of that i think for us the value proposition we are selling is that over time as we continue to integrate with your financial data as you used arc in more ways on the platform we are going to be offering software services and software based understanding of your businesses that can help you to achieve that same level of insights but faster and more in a more automated fashion so so this is a really important point so what you're saying is that in addition to providing the funding that they need in the form of this this debt you're going to create an ecosystem that allows them to manage not only the capital that comes in, but all of their work. So in other words, it's a one-stop shop for their financial operations. Is that what you ultimately want ARC Technologies to be? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely part of the vision. And I think, you know, we are doing a lot of the work right now to understand the business because we are financing them and so that makes total sense for us but ultimately the same set of insights the same set of um, models and algorithms that we are building to to deliver this process will be useful to the startup founders themselves and over time there are set of tools and there are sets of products that we can build that can help them right from the get-go even if they don't want to take financing from us even if they just want to you know better understand their business and their financing options this is Stanford Pathfinders. I'm Howard Wolf. More with Raven Jiang next on Sirius XM Business Radio, channel 132. Welcome back to Stanford Pathfinders. I'm Howard Wolf, and I'm talking with Raven Jiang, co-founder of Arc Technologies, a startup that provides a better way for startup founders to raise capital by avoiding costly dilution and risky debt. So we've been talking about how ARC Technologies can help startups with a new business model, right? This founder-friendly fintech platform that combines the best of Wall Street and Sand Hill Road together. But you yourself, ARC Technologies, you're a startup. So how are you funding your own startup that's funding other startups? Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a question that we get a lot. And yes, we do take on venture funding and we do. We have actually... Uh, set up a debt facility in order to be able to finance our customers. Um, and the way we think about that right now is that, you know, uh, we serve as kind of like an aggregator in some ways, right? So the venture debt or like the debt facility uh, providers that we talk to, we go through multiple weeks, we go through long negotiations, we go through a lot of that process, but by having access to that, to that funding, we can serve our customers who are typically smaller and unable to go through that process. So that's how that's how we operate right now. Over time, we are thinking of various options of diversifying the other side of the marketplace and thinking about how we can, uh, you know, create better rates and, and better outcomes for our customers. All right. So, but hold on, Raven, I, I want to make sure that I understand this and that the listeners understand this. So I want to disaggregate this. So 
you have venture capital firms that have funded you with equity to build your business. Yep. Right. And then, so that's sort of like, that's how they're, that's how you're building ARC technologies into this provider of this founder friendly FinTech platform. But at the same time, you've gone out and you've secured debt facilities from debt providers that you can then pull together in a pool that then you can use to help fund the companies that you're helping, right? That are your customers. Exactly right. Yeah, that's right. So those are two very different entities. So one's, you know, classic venture. Who are the providers of the debt? Are they banks? Are they other venture debt providers? Who provided the debt? Yeah, that's... That's that's a lot of that's a variety of providers these days. You know, with the rise of consumer finance companies like Affirm, companies like all the buy now pay later companies, there's been a huge amount of demand for debt facilities, and then there's a lot of new funds and firms that have risen up to serve that need. So there's a range of it. That's kind of like the startup equivalent of a venture debt provider to all the way up to, you know, big banks like Silicon Valley Bank or, you know, who kind of is the, the, the predominant provider of venture debt uh, in the ecosystem. And, and I, I read that you have raised $150 million, more than $150 million in, in a combination of equity and debt. How does that break down? It's, it's probably a very small piece of equity and yeah. debt, right? Yeah. So for we've raised... $10 million in equity for our seed round and $150 million in, in, uh, in debt providers. All right. So here's the $64,000 question. Is it working? Yeah, it, it is actually. I mean, I've been involved in many startups at various stages over the course of my career. This is probably the startup that's gone fastest to getting something out to the customer and, and generating revenue. And I think part of the reason for that is that there is a lot of real demand for this. And especially now, you know, in the past month or so, we've gotten a lot of inbound interest. We've not necessarily approved a lot of them just because that's the nature of the situation that's going on around us. But I think we definitely see a lot of interest from startup founders, many of whom who are learning about this space for the first time, because, you know, venture capital has all that been, they've been thinking about their entire existence. And now this is something that's really new to them. So we talked already about um, the fact that you focus on SaaS, software as a service companies. Are there any names that we would recognize or they're probably all pretty small, so they're probably not all that well known yet? Yeah, I think it's a combination of, you know, they, they're fairly small, but also they tend to be B2B companies that uh, consumers don't really interact with. So um, my friends who do venture debt say that they make some money off of actually the coupon on the debt but where they really make their money are in warrants. Do you guys take warrants in companies as well as provide that debt? No, we don't. We do not take warrants. All right. So it's a cleaner deal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how you can get it done in a couple of days. I mean, once you start getting involved with warrants, which, you know, equals to equity at some point, uh, you know, that, that's a drawn out negotiation of back and forth lawyers. And you're okay leaving that potential bonanza off the table. Yeah, I mean, the way we price our offering and the way we think about sizing that, it's very numerically driven. We understand the revenue and the, and the likely kind of trajectory of the company over the next year or so. And so, you know, we feel fairly comfortable with the risk that we are taking. And so round numbers, how many clients do you have so far? Uh, we have hundreds. Hundreds of clients. Yep. And it's all automated. You don't have to pay a lot of attention. They're just 
doing their thing and and your algorithms keep you in check we do have finer human underwriters to make a final call at the end of the day um, well, there we, are humans involved okay yeah, there, there are humans involved and the reason for that is because at the end of the day there are certain qualitative factors that we would like to make sure we take into account but you know when the companies provide us with their bank data, accounting data, there's a whole set of metrics and dashboards that gets generated, gets put in front of a human. And, you know, they can basically get a summary of the business in five minutes. And I think that's, that's where we save a lot of time compared to a lot of the traditional processes. All right. Now is the time that you need to pull out your crystal ball. And I want you to tell me what you think Arc Technologies looks like five years from now. Obviously, you're on the cover of Stanford Magazine as alums that created this wonderful startup from the GSB. But tell us what it looks like. Yeah, I think the way that we envision it is that we want to be a full service platform. So what we mean by that is that companies come to us not just to finance themselves, but to think about how they manage their financing, how they spend it, how they integrate that with a lot of the services that they are actually spending their money on. For example, you know, payroll systems or Building systems of AWS, uh, whatever it is, and uh, ultimately have an overview, you know, insights into how all their money is flowing and going back and forth across their whole business. And I think that's that's the vision we are targeting. And I I think that is very achievable. It's you know there are different pieces of it that we are working on right now, uh, testing a lot of it out with our existing customers who active on our platform. Final question for you. You've been involved in a bunch of startups. And as you said, this is the the fastest growing one of any that you've been involved in, but you've been on that path before. Uh, For the listeners out there that want to be a founder like you, what three pieces of advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say that things typically take longer than you would imagine. That's usually typically like a really exciting phase at the beginning where everything is new and, you know, things are happening really fast. And everything seems exciting. That phase never lasts. And I think really building a company requires a lot of long-term repetition and and consistency that is not what you might associate with a startup, (laughs) but it's something that that's what, what needs to be done. The second point, I think this is something that I'm sure I'm getting from some other famous person, but Things also, a lot more things can happen in five years than you imagine. And it's important to have that long-term target in mind because uh, without that, you're not going to get there. And then I will say lastly that uh, if you are still a student at Stanford, uh, make the best of your time. I mean, everyone always says that, but it's kind of one of those things that even things that you don't really think is that interesting or, or, you know, that exciting, give them a try, you know, you know, try to make the best of what they can because you, you kind of never know what you look back fondly on five years out of out of Stanford. And it's kind of surprising sometimes the, the mundane things that you miss and realize that that was actually something special that really only existed at that one point of time in that one place. And so that's something that maybe can help you enjoy the moment more. I love that. Raven, thank you so much for being on the show. I thoroughly enjoyed our time together and I wish you nothing but great success with Arc Technologies. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to Stanford Pathfinders on SiriusXM. Listen to this and other episodes anytime on demand with SiriusXM app or wherever you like to find your podcasts.